Good afternoon, KPFK, Los Angeles on your radio at 90.7 FM, all over Southern California, and out of Santa Barbara, 98.7 FM, streaming for the world at kpfk.org. It's time for Intervision. Hi, hello, howdy, Michael Benner, till 2 o'clock this afternoon with Intervision, a program about spirituality, a program about mysticism and metaphysics program about developing consciousness, insight, awareness, and understanding, really a program about who you are, and maybe even a little bit about why you exist. Big questions, but we try to provide answers and alternatives, and we've got a guest for you today, a really exciting guest. I'm, I'm very happy to have this guest with us today. It's an honor, really. He represents uh, the Hindu tradition, the Hindu religion, and is a self-realized master. And uh, we are made in the West much richer, I think, by Eastern philosophies, the various yogas of the East. And uh, I always appreciate people who, when they talk to me about this program, say that they value the fact that in addition to looking at the Western monotheistic religions, the ones we're most familiar with, that we also, in the most inclusive way, honor all of the sacred traditions of indigenous peoples and uh, of uh, our brothers and sisters from all over the world. So it's in that sense of uh, seeking that which is most divine that we welcome our guest today. He is Paramahansa Nityananda. You may know of the organization Life Bliss Foundation, the website, lifebliss.org, and if not, you will soon. Master Paramahansa Nityananda. Thank Namaste. You. Namaste. Very nice <laughs> to have you here at KPFK. Thank you. To come and visit us in the, in the studios. You. Thank and, you. And uh, to be with us is an honor. Thank you very much. I'm curious about the name. I think in the West, many of us, mm-hmm. we hear Paramahamsa, we mm-hmm. know of mm-hmm. Yogananda. Mm-hmm. Paramahamsa means person who is liberated. There's a small, uh, beautiful, metaphysical uh, explanation, idea. Uh, the Paramahamsa bird lives um, high in the sky, and when it lays the eggs, 
the egg uh, hatches and becomes a bird before it reaches the ground and the uh, small bird flies back to the mother without touching the ground same way the souls who land on the body before the sexual maturity before the age of 14 if they achieve spiritual enlightenment and spiritual experience they never become human beings they go back to the same space from which they came only their shadow falls on the ground on the lake or on the water or on the planet earth so this kind of beings are called paramahamsas Param- just like a swan it's literally translated great swan swan when it lays the egg it does not reach the ground there is a, there are special kind of swans maybe it's a metaphysical example so this pa- is a myth. paramahamsa is a person who who has never touched human uh, space he may be living in the human body but he he never experienced himself as a human being he was continuously having the spiritual experience that he is a spiritual being literally it means liberated one and nityananda nityananda means eternal bliss who is always in eternal bliss Ananda is yes, a baby bliss. familiar with Ananda. Ananda means the excitement or intense experience which does not come down mm. which is always there. So Nityananda means eternally blissful. How old were you when you became interested in spirituality and were you was, always uh, felt was, a uh, calling? Uh, it was 3 uh, years when I was 3 I was chosen by a master from uh, who was living in my native place and he started training me in physical exercises like yoga and all these uh, uh, science which is related to body and slowly he created interest in me to tell you honestly it is he who inspired me when i saw wonderful being like him in front of me i was inspired naturally started working towards this great spiritual truths and the thirst or quest in me started when i was 7 and i started seeking and i really felt that i should also experience the same space in which he is living were there particular vedic masters mm-hmm. uh we know of vivekananda mm-hmm. ramakrishna mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. were there certain masters that mm-hmm. uh, had uh, inspired you yes uh, there was a great master called ramana maharishi he lived in south india his disciples have inspired me and i i was inspired by his teachings also i have never seen him he passed away in 1950 but his teachings have inspired me and his disciples who became enlightened they inspired me <laughs> may i tell you of course that... when i was 15 i had a lot of inspiration from ramakrishna and sharada devi also but the first inspiration was raman maharishi ramana maharshi mm. uh, you might have heard about him i have He's one of my favorite i am born and brought up in his place are you oh, yes. in in india <laughs> in india arunachala that place is called tiruvannamalai arunachala I'm born and brought up at his feet. <laughs> so would that be in the south or the north? In, in south India, south, south India, India, Tamil Nadu. Yes, there's a quotation that I can only paraphrase, mm-hmm. but I love it and mm-hmm. I use it almost daily mm-hmm. about 
either covering the world with leather Mm-mm. or simply ah, yes. wearing <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and I always thought, oh, that's so wise, you know, because many times, Mm-mm. even Mm-mm. if it's a political sense Mm-mm. or a spiritual Mm-mm. sense, we Mm-mm. want to Mm-mm. change the world Mm-mm. so that we can benefit. Mm-mm. But it is an impossible thing. <laughs> See, uh, in front of a projector light, if you keep a slide, you will see whatever is in the slide in reality, in screen. And uh, same way, our being is projector light and our slide is engrams, samskaras. What we are seeing outside in the screen is our world. If you try to fight with the uh, screen or the light beam, you can't do anything. If you want to change, you have to change in the projector slide itself. Only then you can change the scenes. So you have to change your samskaras, engrams, to change the scenes. Neither fighting with the screen nor fighting with the beams is going to help. A small story. One guy came back to house after fully drunk late night. And somehow he fell and created some uh, injuries for himself. He has wounded himself, some bruises all over the body. Uh, he wants to escape from his wife. So he did not create any sound. Slowly went to bathroom and did some, put some bandage and dressing and everything and came and uh, uh, slept on his bed. Next day morning, uh, wife started shouting. You came uh, fully drunk. He said, no, 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 no. He started acting innocent and said, no, how do you know I, I was drunk? And uh, I came late because little work. She said, no, by seeing the mirror in the bath- bathroom, I understood because you put bandage on the mirror. so we are all trying to put bandage on the mirror (laughs) not on our face (laughs) so peace in the world so that we might enjoy some personal peace of mind would be backwards yes sure how do we create the inner peace that we then give to the world first thing as long as you are clutched with the body and mind you will never be able to experience peace the best immediate way to experience peace is unclutching from the body and mind. See, constantly the thoughts are moving in your inner space. The very process, every time, every moment you are getting a new thought, shows that you can unclutch from the earlier thoughts. That itself is a solid proof that you have capability and power to unclutch from your thoughts. See, constantly a new thought is replacing the old thought. So this shows your inner space can't be corrupted by any single thought. You have the ability, capacity to unclutch from the earlier thoughts. So understand this one thing and have confidence. Unclutch from what you call as your mind. All we need, you might have heard unclutch, unclutch, unclutch thousand times. But you would have never had a confidence or courage that it is possible by you. Now, this very th- very truth that each thought is replacing the earlier thoughts shows that you have ability, you have capacity, you have power to unclutch. People come and ask me, Swamiji, uncl- how to unclutch when I am caught in fear, when I am caught in uh, serious emotions? I tell them, even when you are caught in fear, if you get a thought of having a cup of coffee, it means already the fear has left you. That is why you are having the thought thought to have a cup of coffee. 
to have a cup of tea. So that very idea, that very thought, that let me have a cup of coffee, has already replaced the fear. It may be serious fear, serious emotion. Cup of coffee is enough. Thought to have a cup of glass of water is enough. It is simply possible to unclutch whatever you may think as a serious or uh, dangerous emotions. One more important thing. We are again and again remembering our failures. That is why we don't have confidence that we can unclutch. We can disconnect. Unclutch even from the earlier failures. Simply unclutching is possible. Unclutching is your very nature. This, uh, also in the West, we, we mm. hear the word detachment. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, uh, mm -mm. But if we approach, as mm. we approach mm -mm. in a meditation, mm -mm. A, uh, an attempt to detach, to unclutch, as you say, from our thought stream, mm -mm. doesn't that bring up a certain anxiety of its own for a lot of us? I mean, certainly. Uh, it seems to me that mm -hmm. in my own practice, mm -hmm. I have a re I've meditated 30 mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. many different kinds of meditation. Mm -hmm. I've settled into mm -hmm. a practice. Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I still am resistant at times. Mm. For meditation. Yes, re mm -hmm. resistant to mm -hmm. simply mm -hmm. letting go of that <laughs> See, chatter in my the, mind the, as the, if... Uh, uh. I'm so identified with my thoughts that to let go of them feels uncertain. That, uh, that, uh, the difficulty is man feels lonely without his depression and worries. <laughs> <laughs> the depression and worry, all these things have become such an intimate enemies. They are enemies, but they have become so intimate. You feel that uh, known devil is better than unknown angel. <laughs> so we talk about a comfort zone but you're talking about we're familiar with our pain that's all we know and, uh, our sadness yeah. now now we feel that we are losing our identity if we lose the so-called worries and inner chattering and all those things yeah. that's what the you see all of us know there is a space without thoughts but people who get the courage to jump into the face become enlightened People are just reluctant, reluctant, reluctant. They stay, stay, stay. <laughs> That's why in Eastern tradition we call people who want to become enlightened, only they are called dhira. Dhira means courageous. Mm. Not the person who goes to army. Not the person who goes and fights with others. Not even the person who can kill 1,000 elephants. In India there are different kind of, kinds of poetries that uh, uh, sung towards a person who has achieved certain things. It's like an award. If you kill thousand elephants, you are given certain award. If you kill kill a hundred elephants, you are given certain elef a certain award. If you kill your mind, you are given the best award. Mm. <laughs> there are songs sung in that particular tune to that person to honor his achievements. Person who has killed hundred mm, elephants, for him only a lower award is given. For a person who kills thousand elephants, for him only second grade award is given. Only a person who conquers his mind is given the first award. He is called Mahavira, mm. the ultimate warrior. <laughs> Interesting. Also, in the East, uh, mm. a, uh, a snake is mm. usually associated with Kundalini. Kundalini. 
But in the West, the dragon Mm-mm-mm. and the snake Mm-mm. often is a bad Mm-mm. symbol. <laughs> and so slaying dragons in huh. Western mythology huh. is this hero's journey you're talking Mm-mm. about, fighting our own <laughs> internal demons, yeah? Yes. <laughs> so if we would be more concerned with fighting our own Mm-mm. demons, our own Mm-mm. fears, Mm-mm. we would be a better world? Sure. Because, you see, person who is caught in fear only tries to attack others. Let me kill him before he kills me. That is the mm, uh, base of any war, any violence, Anything. Unless you are threatened, you do not threat others. You do not be a, you do not, don't threaten others. So if we can handle our own fears, naturally we will not be threatening others. We will know how to balance ourselves inside and how to settle inside our being. Naturally we will not be threatening to others and we will create more peaceful world, more blissful world. I began to talk to you at the top of the program here just 10 or 15 minutes ago mm-hmm. about your youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I was curious about the point at which or the stage mm-hmm. at which you became realized. Was that mm-hmm. an instant, a moment, uh-huh. or was it a progression? How did that unfold for you? Oh, this is a nice question. This is a, uh, I can say that... Uh, Million dollar question. <laughs> Whatever you call <laughs> the sudden enlightenment or a gradual progress. <laughs> this is the big thing. Let me describe how it happened to me. That's the only thing I can say. It's like a, um, I was inspired by a great master uh, called Annamalai Swami. He is a, a disciple of Raman Maharshi. Uh, let me tell a small story so that uh, I'll be able to give you exactly tell you what I, exactly I want to tell and uh, one day I, I was taken to him by my parents just to listen usually in India all the kids will be taken to enlightened people for blessings and health and for anything so he was sitting and talking to people that uh, we are soul and consciousness we are beyond suffering and pain and all those things I was shocked what is this he's telling we are beyond pain and suffering but a uh, when I fall on the ground, I feel the pain. When my mother scolds me, I feel the suffering. In India, kids will be beaten also sometime. If you don't behave properly, mom and dad, will they will beat. <laughs> and, and when my mom scolds me, I feel the suffering, I feel the pain. And he's telling we are beyond pain and suffering. I went home and I was constantly thinking about that. Took a knife and just wanted to check whether I have pain or not and cut my thigh. Still the mark is there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I had pain and I was taken to doctor and treated and everything. After a uh, few days, I went back to him and asked him, See, you told that we don't have pain or suffering, but uh, believing you, I cut myself. Now I feel <laughs> the pain and suffering. He told me, Son, don't bother about uh, this pain. Your courage to experiment with the truth will lead you to truth. This courage will liberate you from all pains. And he gave me a simple technique. Now, put your courage to experiment with this technique. Not the words which I told you. Now, experiment with this technique. From where the pain is rising in your body, where you are experiencing pain in your mind, 
where you are experiencing suffering just go into that source so i played with the technique for 2 years i can't say i practiced i can, i only played because i'm a 10 year old boy hardly 10 year old boy i was playing with the technique i don't know whether the progress has happened slowly that i don't know but the enlightenment itself happened only suddenly when i was sitting uh, in a lonely place it was a evening buddha purnima that was buddha purnima purnima uh, full moon day when buddha became enlightened actually i do not know that day that it is buddha purnima only later on i came to know about that it's a coincidence it was evening i was sitting on the on a rock on the hillock where i was born that that is that place is a hillock i was sitting suddenly something opened in me i was able to see all 360 degree understand all 360 degree at a time front side left right back all 360 degree up low not only i was able to see i was able to intensely feel feel connected whatever i am seeing is me understand now when you are seeing me you feel connected to me positively or negatively you always feel connected to whatever you see positively or negatively you create an idea in that case i felt deeply connected neither positive nor negative just as me see our positive connection is love negative connection is hatred in that uh, experience i neither had love nor had hatred just intense feeling of connected that everything is me a complete 360 degree vision means was able to feel and the deep connection that it is me just like how i feel at that i am present inside my skin how you feel you are present inside your skin would you Same, call that unity or harmony maybe uh, i don't know the word unity or harmony because in sanskrit we call uh, sakshatkara means the becoming one 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 so i don't know the right word in english unity or harmony no well, probably unity unity hmm? we need see, many words often <laughs> <don't we? laughs> see how you feel you are alive inside your skin same way i felt outside my skin also with wow. the same intensity so that was the experience which turned the whole life <laughs> upside down or downside up <laughs> what are you call <laughs> you know that was the great inspiration it was like a bliss fever another one thing bliss fever it was just an intense bliss fever so started working towards that experience to retain it for ever and then does your sense of self Mm-mm. fall away Mm-mm. or become See, uh, 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 uh i can say in this way uh sense of self did not fall away became expanded ah. so whatever we call by the word self that all those qualities disappeared and it became expanded that's what has exactly happened because we hear these uh, admonitions in many spiritual mm-hmm. traditions mm-hmm. about dying to the self mm-hmm. or ego death mm-hmm. even in the west ah yes maybe maybe you can say that whatever i was thinking as myself has disappeared and whatever was real self has opened itself that's <laughs> what i'm moving towards so maybe a small self it disappeared and yields to a higher self 
maybe. <laughs> I've expanded some. In the uh, Hindu religion, mm-hmm. is there a trinity? Is there a soul in the middle? Mm-hmm. Or is it simply uh, God and man? Uh-uh. See, uh, in Hinduism, there are different levels of uh, uh, teachings for a different levels of people. We have uh, something called Visishtadvaita. And Dvaita, we have a dual, dual philosophy. Duality means you and God exist. And there are, there is another one philosophy. You, God and world. The, uh, all three are separate. If you, uh, expand yourself, you can experience God and world inside you. And there is another one tradition. There is neither world nor God apart from, away from your being. So in India, in Hinduism, we don't have a sing, one set of belief. It's like we give different levels of teachings. Person can progress step by step and achieve the ultimate. So it's like a, what I experienced in my uh, life itself. There is no world or God apart from your very being and very consciousness. To come to that realization... You may have to go through other beliefs, other systems, uh, step by step. But ultimately, I feel this is the experience. You're listening to Intervision on KPFK. My name is Michael Benner, and uh, we're really honored, uh, as you can probably tell, having a great time here with Master Paramahansa Nityananda. Your students and devotees call you Swamiji. Yes. May I? Yes, yes, you are welcome. You are I, <laughs> I appreciate that. And if you're near a computer and you want more information about the local ashram, mm. lifebliss.org is a place to go. And you're visiting us. You come, yes. what, about yes. once a year to Southern Yes, California? usually once a year. Mm. Well, welcome. It's nice to have you Thank here. you. <laughs> and I know you have many events and you have a a meditation practice programs, that you programs. teach people? Yes. Programs? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is it necessary for somebody to uh, commit themselves to Hinduism, to no, no, give no, up no, all no, other... No, 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 no. You see, um, it is more a commitment for the truth and the experience of spirituality than a commitment to a particular religion. Somehow, we don't believe in conversion. Uh, in Vedic tradition, we don't believe in... The word Hinduism is also not that word which used to mention ourselves. That was po- uh, Im- uh, imposed on us by the Western scholars, our Western historians. <laughs> in our tradition itself, we don't have the word Hinduism or some ism. <laughs> we don't have that word. The word Hinduism does not have a root or base from our tradition itself. What about but, Brahmanism? Uh, I mean, I, you see, no ism. No ism. We are just a sanatana dharma. Means the eternal law of life. Whatever our enlightened masters understood, the whatever secrets they understood about the life and death and law of life, they created a set of understandings, truths, and they created technology to reproduce that understanding in every being, experience in every being. See, person who creates formula, to reproduce the understandings and truths of the outer world is a scientist. Person who creates formula to reproduce the understandings and experiences of the inner world is a mystic, master. So, uh, they are more like a uh, scientists of the inner world. They created a set of te- uh, techniques, meditation techniques, a technology to reproduce the same experience which happened to them in the inner world. 
So this set of technology, techniques, is what we call Sanatana Dharma. The eternal law of uh, life. Law, eternal law. So whoever is an interested to experiment with those technology are free, welcome to come and experiment and learn and experience whatever they want to. So there is no such thing as conversion and still we don't have any technique or ritual to con convert people socially or legally. Because we do not believe in conversion. Traditional Sanatan Dharma, Vedic religion, Hinduism does not believe in conversion. And all religion which came out of Hinduism, Buddhism or Jainism, Sikhism, they don't believe in conversion. Yeah. Uh, we believe in transformation, not conversion. Uh, okay, very good. <laughs> Never thought of it quite that way. The religions of the West, mm -hmm. the uh, certainly... Uh, Christianity. Mm -hmm. There is the the prophet, the mm -hmm. son, mm -hmm. Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, Jews have Moses. Mm -hmm. There is the prophet Muhammad mm -hmm. in Islam. Mm -hmm. Buddhism. We know the story of Gautama Siddhartha. Mm -hmm. uh, yoga, Patanjali. Mm -hmm. Hindus, mm -hmm. so old, mm -hmm. uh, so old. Uh, are there particular prophets or teachers? No, we can't say there is only one prophet. There are a group of enlightened masters who did. You see. Uh, there are a group of enlightened masters uh, who did uh, research and development collectively, like a NASA. See, the group of scientists complementing each other and creating a proper system. How they, uh, that is the way, in a place called Naimisharanyam in India, there were thousands of enlightened beings who uh, sat and did research for quite a long time and did big research and development and created the technology to reproduce the experience to every human beings. They created technology and techniques for all possible human minds. They did not leave a single kind of a human being. They created techniques for all kinds of beings. So I can say it is not founded by one person. It is founded by a group of people. And not only that, they gave freedom for the next generation to update itself. Oh, good. good. That's the main thing. New addition. There is no uh, 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 master who says, I am the last, I am the only one. No. Well, we hear about the, the Upanishads and the uh, Vedas. Yes. You see, one thing. What are these uh, books? Uh, Upanishads are the solid, basic experiences of enlightened masters. And there are books called Puranas and Smriti. That is the technology to experience the same space in which masters are living. Masters have experienced. Upanishads and Puranas are like a basic science. And the Smriti, uh, Smriti is, uh, is what we call applied science. <laughs> applied science. Applied science. So if you start practicing what is mentioned in Smritis and Puranas, you will experience the state of what is uh, described in Upanishads and Vedas? Hmm. Often, people who don't, hmm. because of an accident of birth, hmm. born in this country, hmm. of Christian parents, hmm. or Jewish parents, or hmm. Islam, Muslim, whatever, but usually because of hmm. an accident of birth, we hmm. adopt a particular hmm. religion. religion. We hear about the other religions, hmm. but... We don't really understand them much. Do you personally f study other religions? Yes. 
I personally study other religions. Not only that, in the uh, Vedic tradition, anybody who wants to become enlightened, it's almost compulsory that to understand, appreciate, accept and learn from all possible traditions. We have a lot of mantras. Let knowledge and truth come from all sources to us, from all corners of the world. Let us be enriched by the knowledge, by the truths from all corners of the world. And we always tell people, go to all gardens and pluck best flowers and make a bouquet for you. Oh, how nice. How <laughs> so, nice. one more thing. Religion should not be a, a, just by accidental birth. Every individual should be given a fair and clear idea about all religions and they should be given freedom to choose their own religion after they become major. Once they are major, maybe uh, you don't even have to wait till the 18, maybe till after 12 or 14, they should be given a fair, true knowledge of all religions from the original sources and traditions and should be given freedom to choose. It should not be just because they are born in that religion. Each one should be given a uh, choice. I think we are after all a, uh, now a rich culture. We have, uh, we go for, for anything and everything. We have so many choices. Why only religion should be forced? When you can have choices in your clothes, in your food, in your house, in everything. Why religion should be forced? And it's a, such an important thing. Religion is like an inner software based on which you are going to take major decisions. <laughs> and why should it be forced? Why should it not uh, have a choice? We should have all the softwares in front of us and a clear basic introduction from the original sources and the traditions and given a choice to use any software you want. It appeals. Sometimes mystics mm. of all traditions... Mm are criticized, mm -mm. or other philosophers mm -mm. are criticized mm -mm. by those who say, well, then you're just believing whatever you want to believe mm -mm. and ignoring the mm -mm. great traditions and the wisdom mm -mm. Of, of previous ages. Mm -mm. Um, and I have my own answer to that. Mm -mm. But what do you say about the inner light, about when wisdom arrives mm -mm. as awareness? Mm -mm. And it's not just an idea. Mm -mm. It's... it's Comes solid with experience, solid truth. A confirmation, a knowing comes mm. with it. Yes, and there is no doubt left. One thing, philosophers being criticized, crucified, stoned, poisoned, is an age-old tradition. Genius is a person who is intelligent enough to escape from the social conditionings. <laughs> and the difficulty is, when somebody is liberate, when somebody liberates himself from the social conditionings, he is so beautiful, so blissful, so charming, we can't afford to see him constantly because it creates a constant inferiority in us. <laughs> that is the reason philosophers and the great enlightened beings, prophets and sages are stoned, poisoned, crucified, driven out. This becomes a... Uh, regular thing, I feel that uh, uh, one thing you should understand, we don't know actually whether what philosophers believe is truth or so-called ordinary people believe is truth. We can only 
find out based on the scale the one we can use only one thing as a scale who is more blissful and more settled more at ease with themselves without any help from the outer world you know them by their fruits <laughs> <laughs> so only based on the fruits we need to uh, come to a conclusion whose experience is truth and who is living in the higher space who is living in the higher consciousness i think it's a uh, a quotation of uh, buddha that we should believe nothing not even yes. holy books yes or our preachers not if, even in uh, in buddha yes <laughs> not even in buddha himself unless it rings true i always tell people i am not here to uh, prove i am god i am here to prove you are god yeah, that's <laughs> nice that's nice paramahansa nityananda is our guest and he is a self-realized master of hinduism and he's visiting us in southern california there's a local ashram there are events there is a meditation practice uh swami ji has just told us there is no need for conversion here there's no proselytizing no <laughs> we're uh, we're all trying to understand each other it and, is just uh, a science in our science it should be shouldn't mm-hmm. it yeah and there is a consensus that dedicated people to spirituality mm-hmm. if not in religion they, mm-hmm. there there tends to be well sometimes it's called a perennial philosophy mm. and one more thing when you are really searching for true experience you are very inner space becomes so powerful it attracts or gets attracted to a right enlightened person to to say again to attracted to the right enlightened person the right enlightened person. person not to any uh, religious group or a cult or any other ordinary uh, sect or anything just the pure seeking is so intelligent the pure seeking has got its own intelligence you magnetize like the right magnet. teacher yeah. and not only that it becomes an intelligence to go to a right master at right time and stay as long as you receive the help and move away move even away from the master when you are supposed to move to the next level masters mm. let's take a short break and we'll come back i Thank have so you. many questions <laughs> for you and if you have a question for our uh, our guest we are live broadcasting live and in studio so we can people can call telephone. me as swami ji it is easy okay? for them easier than paramahansa <laughs> you know the swami ji give us a call at 8189855735985 kpfk with your questions and uh, we'll be right back with more on intervision michael benner we're here till 2 o'clock stay with us this is kpfk
KPFK in your radio. This is uh, music from one of a number of CDs that are available through the Life Bliss organization. And Swamiji also has quite a few books available and, again, a, an ashram here in Southern California. Someone handed me a note lest I fail to recognize just how young you really are. You're 29 years old. Yes. <laughs> And that makes you laugh. <laughs> well, it's very nice. Um, you can see that that the age I became enlightened. Oh, I see. That photograph. Your books. Are, I see. This is you at what age? This is about uh, 22. No, no, no. Uh, uh, this this picture. Oh, you're just 10 years old in this. Well, your books are beautiful. Your CDs are beautiful. And uh, again, I know you have any number of events that are coming up and. I think most important is the practice. As you said, you don't proselytize. You're not interested in conversion. But if we could get our friends and neighbors to sit quietly, to just stop the chatter or to let go of it, because to stop the noise, to stop the monkey mind is not an effort. You see, uh, stopping itself is not directly possible by mind because mind is only trying to stop the mind. The very process or struggle to stop will create only more commotion. <laughs> you can only do one thing. Unclutch means neither trying to support uh, creating a thought nor trying to maintain a thought or trying to destroy a thought. See, neither uh, creating, maintaining or destroying. Just, if it happens, let it happen. If it does not happen, let it not happen. Unclutching means seeing that automatically every thought is replacing the earlier thought. Every moment unclutching is happening in you. Unless you unclutch from the earlier thought, you can't have a new thought. You know, many of my early meditations mm -hmm. when I was young mm -hmm. were, and still, I often use visualization. Mm -hmm. I can say, even visualization becomes one more thought. Yes, I know. So, I know. Uh, you can just... Uh, My uh, goals were not so spiritual, mm -hmm. though. They were so, more um, oh, practical mm -hmm. in terms of helping me mm -hmm. in this world. But I, I then did become a did begin a practice of simply watching my breath. Mm. That's beautiful. At the bottom of mm. my nose. That's beautiful. And something that. strange began to happen. Mm -hmm. Within just a matter of a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. I began to feel like the body I was watching breathe. Mm -hmm. It was almost as if it was someone else's body. <laughs> and I was the watcher. Witness. Yes, the witness. And then I thought, oh, this is why the teachers teach us this. Because if I can watch my body... Mm -hmm. From a point of view mm. of being other than, mm. not really other than, mm -hmm. but, mm. you know, more than, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps I could watch my feelings mm. and my thoughts. Mm. Then you realize that you are beyond body and mind. So More than, uh, uh, more not than, other than. More than. More not, than. Uh, we can't say you are not body and mind. You are more than body and yeah. mind. <laughs> Tell me about the difference between... Mm. Uh, Atman and Brahman. See, the, these two all these words are more like a branding. Yeah. To tell you honestly. I should not be concerned. Uh, trademark. You see, uh, some masters use the word Atman itself to explain about Brahman. And some masters use the word Brahman to explain Atman. No wonder I'm 
ஆத்மன் இஸ் சம்திங் லைக் இண்டிவிஜுவல் சோல் யூ மே சே அண்ட் பிரம்மன் இஸ் லைக் காஸ்மிக் சோல் பட் அகார்டிங் டு மீ ஃப்ரம் மை எக்ஸ்பீரியன்ஸ் the individual when you really go deep into the individual soul you merge into the cosmic soul there is no boundary there is no watertight compartment separation or a separate thing so these are just only the more of a uh, branding i see mm. so we shouldn't be concerned with too much about these words a rigid we should be, uh, we should be really concerned about the technique or a technology which will lead us to that experience okay let me let me go right to the hmm. the big question yes why would god the absolute hmm. the creator hmm. the most divine hmm. all knowing all powerful hmm. everywhere equally present hmm. create a physical universe to tell you you want a honest answer your best answer of course i don't know oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> because what's your best uh, sense see, of it what because the logic from which this question is asked and the uh, uh, space in which the answer exists these two are totally different plane so you are asking the question based on the logic which you are having but the answer from whom it's supposed to come for him the space in which he stays is beyond your logic so even if the answer is downloaded to your your logic it will be only distorted version or a half answer which is more dangerous than lie so understand for example a ant a small ant is asking a elephant why why are you also black and i am also black why did god paint you in black will the elephant answer No. elephant will not even know that ant is asking this question so the uh, very space from which question comes is totally different and the space to which the question is sent is totally different so answer cannot be according to our logic and anybody who tries to answer this question will create a new philosophy not religion then it really comes down to self realization mm-hmm. and, and honoring our mm-hmm. uniqueness at the same That's time all. we feel like we are part of the one one more thing uh, uh, these uh, two big questions if we try to cover it catch it with our simple logic we only miss and mess the whole life because the brain really is designed mm-hmm. to work in your our time brain is our brain is hardwired to experience the cosmic consciousness but not to logically understand the cosmic uh, consciousness mm. we are hardwired for enlightenment not for logical understanding it's like a filter mm. more like a filter <laughs> keep us focused here and there and moreover our logic is too poor mm. Mm. it can't grasp whatever is really happening well mm-hmm. it always interests me that we have now dna proof of our individuality mm-hmm. and yet so few people seem interested mm-hmm. and see somehow mm-hmm. our individuality is conflicting mm-hmm. with the idea of god as one mm-hmm. totality but mm-hmm. why can't both things be true see i feel individuality idea only supports god is one because even in dna there is a big empty space in every uh, cell 
that is which is base for all dnas to exist pony room in there <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that base is what we call god god our individual consciousness We're back to that magnetic, cohesive, yes. <laughs> it's love, isn't it? It really is. Let's go take a couple of calls from our guest Swamiji. He is Master Paramahansa Yananda. His organization locally is Life Bliss Foundation, lifebliss.org on the Internet. And our first caller is in Los Alamitos. Vinad, you're on KPFK with Michael Benner. Hi. Hello. Yes, go right ahead. Swamiji? Yes. Uh, I have a question. What do you tell your... Uh, Christian friends who hmm. say hmm. that Christ is the only way you get the salvation. Oh God, why are you creating some controversial question? <laughs> <laughs> Because I have a, some friends who have been asking me to become a Christian. Otherwise, I will go to hell. They say, and I am a Brahmin. So what do I tell them? See, uh, if somebody threatens you that you will go to hell by not believing his philosophy, do you want to live around him? Uh, well, not no. necessarily. Then, he, you see, if he is going to go to the heaven, why do you want to go to that same place? Because you don't want to live around him. <laughs> you say see, he's already in hell. See, one thing. Now, now you say that uh, you don't want to live around him. Yeah. He's, uh, because he's, te- he's forcing his ideas on you. Yeah. So then why do you want to even uh, think or uh, why do you want to even work to the place where he wants to, he is going to go? So don't bother about it. <laughs> let him <laughs> let you be away away from him. That's all. <laughs> you already said you study our religions. Can I be a Hindu, Buddhist, mm-hmm. Jewish, mm-hmm. Muslim? You can be anything. Christian. You can be anything and reach the highest heaven. See, highest heaven or hell is not not even geographical. It is psychological. You create your hell. You create your heaven. So. be very clear nobody can put you in hell or heaven if somebody uh, you see god is not a peeping tom sitting somewhere and having a big uh, laptop and computer doing all the accounts of what you are doing and with whom you are sleeping or with whom you are wa- waking you with whom you are walking and all those things and having a big accounts and when you go back to him and he is sitting with a big stick to punish you and all, i see it looks to I don't think people should be uh, uh, taught or uh, taught to live morally based on fear and greed. No, you are not a child. Still, that you you should be uh, uh, trained with a fear and greed. You, you are we are mature people. You should be allowed to be intelligent and don't bother about this hell and heaven and all those things. You see, no religion can assure promise hell or heaven. and it is your own creation all we need to do is understand the science behind hell and heaven and create what you want for yourself if you want hell create and enjoy because if you have created because you wanted it will not be hell <laughs> intention intention you see intentionally if you create hell even the hell will not be hell because you wanted it you you are creating means you are enjoying it seems to me that if i <laughs> if i seek to know Mm-mm-mm. even if i make a mistake Mm-mm. my i'm misaligned Mm-mm. what kind of god would not Mm-mm. understand Mm-mm. that my intention is pure that's all. i'm okay with that <laughs> that seems that's to me all. that would be enough i think uh, we should liberate people from fear and greed 
the real religion is a religion which liberates people from fear and greed not exploiting yeah. their fear and greed imagine being afraid of mm. god mm. yes that's strange. so uh, exploiting the fear and greed is not the true religion let's go to raul in south la raul you're on kpfk and in intervision hi yes hi um i just had a question about um this this thing topic you guys talk about which is self self-realization and um when, when it comes to self-realization how i kind of see that it's difficult to talk about it with other people but just to understand self you understand self and you get the the solution how could you really talk about yourself to other people to let them understand self i don't know if that makes sense that is you see the first thing we are not talking about yourself to other people you can't talk about yourself to other people i am only talking about the technology through which i experienced myself so that it may help you also to experience yourself that's all is the truth so actually you cannot talk about yourself to others you understand because yourself is such an intimate experience you can't you know, forget about talking you can't talk actually it is such an intimate experience you can't express it in the words the moment you try to express it in the words it becomes again uh, one more theory so you can't express it in the words you may only share the technique which you used to experience the self or you may inspire the other person by the solid blissful experience which you had when you experienced yourself that's all you can give only inspiration and guidance not the experience itself okay Does that make sense Thank to you, you? <laughs> i hope so Thank we're all, you. <laughs> we're almost out of time uh, uh i i i just can't thank you enough. Thank you, thank you. You know, I've done radio for 35 years. <laughs> I've been here in Los Angeles, I mean, in the, at KPFK for 13 years. And I've done um, interviews with a lot of mystics and gurus and swamis and authors and brain researchers. And I feel such a good energy from you. Thank you. <laughs> and I must say, even from your people. Thank you. <laughs> the, the people that, that came to me initially and suggested that we do this show. And so I just want to deeply thank you. Thank for, you. Because <laughs> you don't have to come out. People so come nice. to you. And that you come out, that you would come down to KPFK yes, and nice. sit in our studios yes. <laughs> and give me this opportunity and our listeners, yes. just on behalf of everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed your uh, Uh, interview and the uh, uh, questions from the listeners Good. and the whole experience Good. really i also thank you see and one thing uh, it is not that only uh, uh, students or the listeners learn the person who is teaching also i also learn i also uh, tune polish the way in which i express so my expression is again and again sharpened and uh, developed the more i uh, relate with the people more i connect with the people so you also added to me it's not that only i added to you you also added to me that's why in vedic tradition before starting any teaching or after ending any teaching we chant a beautiful uh, uh, two line sahana vavatu sahana bunaktu sahaviryam karavavahai tejasvinavaditamastu mavit vishavahai om shanti means let both of us learn together let both of us enrich our life let the divine ultimate guide both of us to grow together and let us live let us have peaceful loving relationship let us be peaceful peace 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 thank you <laughs> thank you
Thank you. Hard program to end. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that kind of humility is exactly what I'm talking about. That that's why I would you know say that you're the real deal. <laughs> Thank you. As, as we say in the West, you're the real deal. <laughs> Thank you. More information on Swamiji at lifebliss.org. Lifebliss.org. There is a local ashram and all kinds of wonderful events coming up for the rest of the month in March, and hopefully we will see you again in the spring. Yes, thank I would you. Like to see you <laughs> thank again. you. Thank you. And uh, so thanks to Swamiji, Paramahansa Nityananda, and his whole organization for all their help and work in producing this program today. Thanks to D'Angelo Jones for being our engineer, to Christine Blasdale for sitting in as our producer today, to my wife Doreen for all of her help, and to each of you for listening. My website is theagelesswisdom.com. Hope you'll join us every Friday at 1 o'clock for Inner Vision. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. You've been listening to Inner Vision on radio powered by the people KPFK. 90.7 FM Los Angeles and 98.7 FM Santa Barbara and streaming live at kpfk.org.